And I titled this message, Our Faith Rating. Our Faith Rating. And, uh, you know, uh, I found this out. I really have no control over anybody else's faith. But I do, over my, even Paul himself, I, not that I have dominion over your faith. And so Paul didn't say, let him know, I don't, I don't have dominion over your faith. And, uh, but I can teach faith. And, uh, I can tell you how to get faith. I can tell you what faith does. But when it comes right down to it, it's going to be you and I personally, individually, is the one going to be acting in faith on our own lives. And Linda quoted it to, uh, a while ago in Hebrews eleven six, where it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. And he told me one time when I was reading that, he said, well, without faith, it's impossible for you to please me. And without faith, it's impossible for me to please you. And so because God works on, on, on faith, he's a faith God, made us faith people. And uh, I want to go to Romans chapter 12, and I, I'm going to go back over some of, the, of what I ministered Wednesday night, and, uh, and uh, verse 3 of Romans 12, and it says this, and the New King James says this, and I'm going to read it also in the Amplified and in the New Living Translation. It says, For I say through the grace given to me every, to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. As God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Did you realize that you have faith? That God gave you a measure of faith? Did you know we all get to start out on the same level of faith? It says a measure of uh, uh, so it's a measure of faith, so we all got to start out on the same level of faith. But the thing about it is, faith just don't stay where it's at. Faith can grow. In fact, Paul told the Thessalonian church, he said, your faith grows exceedingly and are abundantly. And so we know faith can grow, but it's not up... Listen, I, I, I kind of thought of it this way. As a pastor, you know, I, I get to get up here and minister the Word of God, and faith comes by... And faith comes by and by the Word of God. So I can preach the Word of God, but you have to be a hearer. I said, you have to be a hearer. See, if I heard, if I, all I did was put a CD on, but I would never hear, how's faith going to come? And also it means to understand the Word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So it's a continual thing. So I kind of look at it like where I am in faith today, where I am at the level of faith I am today, it's not, it's not because of any individual. It's because what I decided to do myself. Now, don't get me wrong, hearing the preachers preach, reading the Word of God, praying, doing all those things. I mean, the Word of God has been increasing in my life, but I'm telling you something, I am so glad, listen to me, that I am not where I was when I first got born again. This right here would freak me out when I first got born again. And if I wasn't born again, I'd have been freaked freaked out. Huh? But... Since I've been reading the Word of God, understand that God's, you know, understanding the Word of God, the way I understand it, this thing has not, it, it, it hasn't shaken me none. Not at all. And it's not going to shake me. And so I found this out according in the Bible, Jesus rated people's faith. Jesus rated people's faith. 
We're going to look at some of that. But look at what it says in the uh, uh, Romans 12, 3 in the New Living Translation. It says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Don't be high-minded, puffed up, prideful. Notice what it says. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. I found this out. It's easy for me to evaluate somebody else, but what's more important is when I evaluate myself because really me evaluating you is not going to help me none. Huh? It's when I evaluate myself honestly. That means looking at myself and say, listen, where are you? Where, what are you doing? How are you standing? How are you believing? Because I'm telling you something, no matter, now I care about everybody, how they stand and stuff like this. I want them to stand and believe. But the thing about it is, I am going to have to stand before God on, for myself. And I'm telling you, I need to be honest in my evaluation of myself. And let me tell you something, I have made, I have evaluated myself many times. Many times. Uh, through the, my, uh, my Christian life, I've sat down and I've said, now Randy, you are not doing this. You are not doing that. You need to do this. You need to do that and start trying to make adjustments in my life to cause me to line up with what the Bible says. Listen to me. The Word of God, listen, the Word of God can change you, but you can't change the Word. The Word will not be changed, but you can be changed by the Word. And so he said, make an honest evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Can you put that, uh, Maureen, very quick in the Amplified, verse 3? Well, look at you. For by the grace unmerited favor of God given to me, I warn everyone among you not to estimate and think of themselves more highly than he ought to, not to have an exaggerated opinion of his own importance, but to listen to what it says, but to rate his ability with sober judgment each according to the degree of faith apportioned by God to him. And so he said, rated, and I said, evaluate, which they both mean the same thing, to evaluate or rate our, our lives or our faith. And uh, the thing about it is, is I was, uh, Wednesday night I talked about uh, uh, how, how we... Uh, how we... Uh, Look at different things and, and, uh, y'all know if you ever, y'all, y'all, y'all see hotels rated. You see restaurants rated. And they're, they're, they, they, they got, got stars beside it. And you say, that's a five star hotel. I don't know why they didn't go higher. That's a five-star hotel. And I looked up, I looked up, I, I, the, the Wednesday night I punched up, I got a yep on my computer here, and, and it'll give you hotels ever, anywhere you are, anything you're looking for, to give, and it gives you a rating on them. Now, I don't know who rates them. I, I guess the people who visit them. And there's actually restaurants in Grosbeck, Texas. Thank God there's some there. That are a four and a half-star Hello? In Grosbeck, a four and a half star. I'm not going to tell you their names. Go eat and find out. And there's others with a two star. And the one with the two star, I like better than the four. I eat at them all. Because when I go into a restaurant, I rate them according to what I'm eating. The food. That's why I go to a restaurant. 
Some people rate it on the, on the, the atmosphere and everything else, but I'm going to eat. Anybody in the house? I'm going to rate the food. If I like the food, the other stuff says, I, I work with that. Huh? I know that uh, Lori Cheney has coffee cabaret. I'm giving her a plug because she's a tither in our church. We want she gets blessed. And uh, coffee cabaret in Mahia. And they're, how many ate at coffee cabaret? Great place. Great. I've never ate anything that wasn't good. I would give her a five-star rating. A five-star rating. If I didn't know her, if she wasn't going to send me that $500 check. But anyway, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And I'm telling you, what, it's, they got great, it's just great food. And so they, we rate these things, and here's what deal. People will look at, their, and they will go places depending on their, on their rating. And i got news for you. If we rate hotels and all the other things, Jesus came up with a rating for faith. And we're going to go to one of the stories. Well, I did this one. If you was here Wednesday night, and I want to get further than this because there were some, some of you not here Wednesday night, so I've got to go to this one right here in Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Remember he said, evaluate yourself honestly. Evaluate yourself. Well, Jesus was going to do some evaluations and some ratings. It says in verse 35, it says, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took Jesus along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But Jesus was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care that we are perishing? And I'm telling you, I've heard that cry. I've heard people say that. I've heard people declare it. And I can be honest with you today and let you know I have been in that boat before where I've said, don't you care? Don't you see what we're going through? Don't you see how uh, all this is going on? I'm talking about in my life through the years, I've asked or questioned God, why is this happening? Why is this not happening? Da, 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 da. But he was asleep and they woke him up and said, don't you care that we are perishing? Listen, let me say something to you right now. You better know that God cares. You need to know that He cares. In fact, He said, cast your care upon Him, for He cares for you. For He cares for you watchfully and affectionately. And so God cares about you. So they rose up, and in the middle of a storm, let me tell you something, we've been in a storm for a couple of months. It's been a storm, not of our choosing. We didn't choose this storm. We didn't know it was even coming. We had no idea. But we're in a storm. Now listen, people have made the statement, well, we're all in the same boat. No, no, we're not. We're all in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. Come on, you hear, did you hear what I just said? We may all be in the same storm, but we are not in the same boat. Huh? And so he says, uh, he was asleep, so they said, don't you even care that we're perishing? Notice what he said. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, 
Why are you so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? Why is it that you're so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? What was their rating? A zero star. You, no star. No star. You know, I've actually seen some hotels, I mean, some restaurants that didn't have a star at all. Uh, restaurants. And I'm thinking, they didn't get a rating. And he said, why is it that you don't have no faith? So their rating was what? No faith. Now, Jesus is evaluating them based upon their reaction to the storm that they were in. Right? Listen, I've seen people go through one storm and master it and another storm and crater under it. So we are evaluated in the storms that we face in our lives. And Jesus said, how is it that you have no faith? Why? Because Jesus wanted them to know this. And here's what we need to understand. Jesus wouldn't have said anything about it if they couldn't have done anything about it themselves. Why would Jesus say you have no faith? He, he, listen, he wanted them to know this. You could have just, listen to me, this blows people away when you tell them this. I know Jesus was there, but Jesus said, the things that I do shall you do. But I tell you what, he gave them authority. He literally told them, you could have done something about it. Why in the world? Why is it that you have no faith in this storm? Why didn't you rise up? And you just do what I did right then. I could have still been asleep on the pillow. In fact, I think Jesus could have slept completely through it if they hadn't decided to wake him up. But Jesus said, how is it that you have no faith? So he rated their, their reaction to that particular storm, no faith. Are we all reading this? We're all reading the Bible, aren't we? Huh? He tells we need to evaluate us. How we react in them. How we respond to them. And so he does care. They know that. They knew he cared. But they, they thought, well, you know, if he don't do something, we can't do nothing. But I'm telling you what Jesus said, if you don't do nothing, I can't do nothing. Do nothing. Or I've already done everything that I can do. The Bible says, and they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? We went to another story and another rating of faith. Another rating of faith was in Matthew chapter 14. Story that's very familiar to everybody in this church for sure. I've always loved to preach on this story and, and uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I'm going to just talk a few minutes about it. And, uh, in verse 22, it says this. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening had come, he was alone there, and the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. I'm telling you, there's a lot of things contrary to what you're believing right now. And uh, contrary, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus said, uh, Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. But Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. If it's you, command me to come on the water. And Jesus said, come. What, you know, I've said this so many times. You're going to hear it again. Why did you, why would Jesus say come? Because it was him. Didn't they ask him a question? If it's you, bid me to come. He didn't say, well, it ain't me really. 
It's not really me. No, he said, well, come. Why? Because it's me. Come. And guess what Peter had the gall and gumption to do? Jump out of the boat in a storm. It literally talks about hurricane force winds. This was not just a little spring shower. This was a storm. And it was coming. Isn't it amazing how every time they seemed to get in a boat to go where Jesus told them to go, a storm would rise. Now, this is a, a, a different trip. It said, and Jesus had come out, when he come out of the boat to walk on the water, and they come out, and he walked, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Man, I tell you what, we could, we, if we was rating Peter right there, what would we give him? Five star. That's a five star reaction right there, Peter. Five star. I'm giving it to you. Jesus might have put the thumbs up. That's a good rating right there, Peter. Good rating. Five star. Five star. And he was walking to Jesus. And I guarantee you all of a sudden, when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. What happened in this great act of faith was he got his eyes off the Word, Jesus, and started looking at the storm and the consequences of the storm. And he also got to, uh, 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 when he saw uh, uh, the wind was right, he's a, uh, 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 he, he began to feel the storm. You know, sometimes you're in a storm, you don't feel it till you get your eyes on it. When you're walking in the Word, it's not, it's not having the effect on you until you get your eyes off of what you're believing and get it on the circumstances around you. I, I, I was driving down the road uh, a couple of days ago and uh, the Lord spoke to me. He said, do not, he said, don't let the circumstances around you change what you believe. But let what you believe change the circumstances around you. I'm telling you, you can change what's going on around you. You can change it. And so he, he got afraid, and the Bible says, beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and called him and said, Oh, you, listen to me, he's evaluation, rating. Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Listen to me. Oh, ye of little faith. Well, praise God. Listen to me. He was in the other boat. He was in that other storm. How much faith did they uh, 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 release in that storm? No faith. Well, I think a little's better than no. Well, I did climb up a little bit. See, see, even in, in our lives, in, in, faith is a progression. Faith grows. And, and you know, we, we, we may handle one situation one way the first time, but the more we grow, we handle it a little different the next time it comes along. Why? Because we're growing in faith. Praise God. We might have had no faith, little faith, but I guarantee you we're headed some more or higher up. And I'm telling you, we, this, we, faith, God made us to operate. In fact, He said this, the just shall live by faith. 
uh, 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 Habakkuk says, the just shall, uh, 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 how did, how did he put it? It said, the just shall live his life by faith. So God says, the just shall live by faith. And then he's, he's, he's evaluating their faith. He's, he's rating their faith. Now, I don't know. Could, could maybe a one star? Could we slip a two in there? I mean, he got out of the boat. I, I, if, if I was rating, I said, I'm going to give you a two, Peter. I'm going to give you a two for that one because I did. Well, the thing about it is the guy's still in the boat. They couldn't rate it. But Jesus was rating it. So he says, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Have you ever been in a situation that you start doubting and you afterwards you say, Why did I doubt? Why did I doubt? Why, why did that make me doubt? I've been through bigger than that. I've been through worse than that. I've seen God do greater miracles than this one. Why did I doubt now? Why would I doubt now? Why? Well, he said, little faith. Little faith. Oh, shoot now. See, anytime you get your eyes off of Jesus and off the Word, then you're going to be focused on everything around you. Don't touch nobody. Get away from everybody. And the thing about it is, if we're not careful we'll start pulling away from the one who is the strength of our lives, who is the guide of our lives. Listen, the one thing they didn't, couldn't tell us or can't tell us to is to quit reading the Bible, to quit praying, to quit seeking God. In fact, the Bible says you'll seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Everything else you have need of will be added to you. This pandemic should have never caused you to stop seeking God. It should have encouraged you to seek Him more. To seek Him more. I'm telling you. Let's go, let's go to, can we go to another one? Let's go to, let's go to, uh, Matthew 8. We're gonna go back in the book of Matthew, but. Okay. Having a rating, faith rating today. Verse 5. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you come under my roof, but listen to what he said, but only speak a word, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Just speak a word. Now listen to what he said. For I also am a man under authority. I have soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go and he goes, and to another come and he comes, and to, the, my, uh, to, to my servant do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, listen to what he said, who, to those who followed, assuredly I say to you, 
Evaluation time. He said to them, surely I say, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. He is literally saying, he said, said no faith, little faith, and now great faith. And this was not even a Jewish. He didn't even have a covenant with God. He didn't even have a right to what he was believing for right now. It wasn't the time of it. But yet he said, listen, I know I've watched you. I've seen what's going on in your life. I've watched the different things that's going on. And he said, I tell you what, you don't have to come to my house because I know what comes out of your mouth will go into my house and go into my servant and it will heal my servant. I understand authority, and there's authority in what you say. So what comes out of your mouth is going to go and heal my servant. All you got to do is say a word. See, great faith is faith that believes the Word of God, stands on the Word of God, and believes that God watches over His Word to perform it. That's why He can say, you don't have to come. Because your word can go right there. And Jesus said, oh my. I want Jesus to say that about me when I'm believing. Oh my. Look at him. Look at him. He just believes if I said it. Or if I say it. It's going to work. It's done. Is anybody in the house? Listen to me. No faith. Little faith. We done jumped up to great faith. My goodness, he said, "Woo! I'm giving you a 10 star. I know it's, it's, it's not ethical. I know it's not in the books, but I'm giving you a 10 star. Uh, they only go to five, but I'm going to 10. You know who he was looking around at? The ones that was in the boat. They said, when he said, just send the word, he went, Y'all hear that, boys? That's great faith. That's great faith right there. He believes if I said it, it's as good as done. He believes it will work. He believes the Word is going to manifest healing in His servant. I don't even have to go in bodily. All I got to do is send the Word. You People say, I wish Jesus was here today. He is here today. He's just as much here today as he was when he walked the planet. He lives on the inside of every single one of us that are born again. And I'm here to tell you right now, he's given us his word that when it comes out of our mouth, it's just as powerful as when it comes out of his mouth if it is spoken in faith. Great faith. See, he understood authority I wrote this down. For he understood the authority of the spoken word. And you know what he based it on? He based it upon how his word affected his servants. He based it upon those in authority over him, how when they told him to do something, he did it. And he said, Jesus, I know that if you just say the word, my servant will be healed. He understood the authority of the spoken word. When you speak the word, you send it out. When you speak the word, you send something out. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their afflictions. 
He sent his word. Where did the word come from? His mouth. Where does the word come from for you when you're believing God for something? It comes out of your mouth connected to your heart. And you speak faith and you declare faith. And notice what it goes on. It says, you send it out. Jeremiah 1.12 says this amplified, for I'm alert and active watching over my word to perform it or to accomplish or bring it forth or to do it. That's why Jesus was so impressed with the centurion's faith. Not that he had a covenant, but he had faith in what Jesus said. What was it? Great faith. Say it with me, great faith. I'm going to tell you something. God will say the same of you when you believe the word. Great faith. That's great faith. That's great faith. Great faith. I've got to go to Isaiah real quick. Isaiah 55. We pray for whoever's in the adopted God that you just move and bless and keep them safe and, and bring them home in Jesus' name. In verse 8 it says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's telling us, you just don't naturally... Think like I think. You have to literally make yourself think the way he thinks. You have to find out how he thinks. God thinks his word. You say, I wonder what God thinks about this situation. I don't know. Find out what he says in the word about that situation. You'll find out what he thinks about it. And then what you can do is you can change what you're thinking to line up with what he's thinking. You can take his thoughts upon yourself. That's called renewing your mind. That's called changing your mind or being transformed or changed by the renewing of your mind. Listen, until you start hearing the Word of God, confessing and believing the Word of God, you're going to keep thinking the same old way you've always thought. But when you start hearing the Word of God and proclaiming the Word of God and confessing the Word of God, you start thinking the way God thinks. And that's when it's to our benefit to think. What he thought. Now notice what it goes on to say. He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, yours ways are not my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God wants to take you up a higher way of living. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Notice what it says. What it says? It says, as the, I'm going to read it again. I need to slow down on reading it. For as the rain and, uh, comes down and snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the soil and bread to the eater. And this is what he said in verse 11, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void or powerless but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. He said, my word will make things change. It will make things happen. 
We just got all that rain. I guarantee you, uh, Linda was looking out in my yard. She said, oh, my God, you're going to have to mow the yard. You said, why am I going to have to mow the yard? Because that rain is going to make it grow. Am I right? And I'm telling you something, this centurion that Jesus was so impressed with his faith, all he said I've got to have is your word. Did you know if you read the other Gospels, you'll find that that centurion wasn't the one that went to him. It was one of his servants. He didn't feel like uh, worthy enough to go even to Jesus. And he said, you just tell him, you send a word and my servant will be healed. You send the word and my servant will be healed. Wow, what great faith, Jesus told him. Now look what it says in verse 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. As you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. What brought that manifestation? The Word and somebody that believed it. Jesus rated his faith. Was it a good rating? It was a good rating, wasn't it? Great faith. Five star. I know if I would listen to God sometime, listen to the Holy Ghost sometime, not if I do, I do listen to Him. I'm talking about uh, through the process of time and such as this, and I've, erated, I've, I've, erated, I've evaluated my own faith, and I have evaluated my faith sometimes as you, you're not very, you're not, you're not real. <laughs> that wasn't a real good rating on your faith. But I really never thought about it till the Lord started showing me about the, this analysis of it that if Jesus looked at him and said, you have no faith, if Jesus looked at him and said, you have little faith, and he looked at him and said, he has great faith, there was shipwrecked faith, strong faith, weak faith. And you see those things through the Bible. Why? There's a reason that those things are in there. So when we're in a storm in life, we can evaluate how we're responding to it. Because every storm, every situation you go through, you're going to have to use your faith. You're going to use your faith to get through it. You're going to get use your faith to get delivered from it. And we've got to know how our faith is. I'm not judging your faith. But I have to judge mine. I have to judge mine. Judge not and you'll not be judged. For with the judgment you use, it shall be judged. You shall receive the same judgment back. So the thing about it is, I'm not here judging anybody's faith. I'm just saying Jesus judged theirs and rated theirs. I'm telling you. I, I want to say this, not, not be dooming and gloomy, but what we're going through right now is just icing on the cake. That's what we're going to see. of what's coming down the pipe. I heard a preacher I dearly respect and all. He said, they put things in motion through this in the next two years is going to make a drastic change. What they put in motion because of all this stuff's going on. He said this, he said, if you don't serve God, when if you can't serve God now, you'll never do it when that stuff comes comes. 
Now, I'm not good, but I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to encourage you to, for, our, for, our, for our close. I love Pastor Rusty Martin, dear friend of mine, and, and uh, he's, he's been ministering on the end, end of time, end times, and he never does that. He said he never does it, and God gave it. He's on podcast, Island Church. I've, I've listened to the couple of messages, and it's not doomy gloomy. But I'm here to tell you one thing. He's brought out, he's, he's, he's made more sense on some things I've heard in the Bible than anybody I've ever heard say them. And I'm here to tell you, God has a body that's going to rise up and walk in faith. When he says, when the Son of Man returns, will he really find faith on earth? Well, the faith he was talking about was a consistent faith, a persistent faith. That's the faith he was talking about. To say consistent, consistent in faith in the good times, the bad times, or whatever comes our way. And listen to me. God says this, and let me encourage you real quick. He says this. David said this. David made this statement. David in the Bible. Y'all know David, King David. Psalms 23, everybody knows that. He said this, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack. And then he said, I was young and now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. So God wants to eliminate all this. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? You need to know what you're going to do. You need to have a word plan. Y'all didn't hear that. You need to have a word plan. Because you can't go around saying, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You need to get a hold of this word and know exactly what you're going to do. Know exactly what you're going to do. We're going to be like Joshua. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Say it with me. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Say it again. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Because Joshua, actually, y'all go do what you want to do, serve whatever God you want to serve. But I'm telling you right now, we're going to stick with God. We're going to stick with the Word. We're going to stick with what we know, amen? Because I'm telling you what Paul said, if God be for you, who can be against you? You're more than conquerors. Praise God. We're to be encouraged today. These are not the worst of times. These are the best of times. And it's going to get better and better and better.